Is your relationship with money in any way tied to your productivity? Or is that not a question you've dared ask yourself before? Let me give you an example by asking you one more question. How many hours in a week, let's say, would you have to work to be productive enough to make the money you want to make in your business? Notice I said want to make. Now, I know a number immediately came to mind for you. Let's go with that. Was it 35 hours a week? 40? 55? 80? As entrepreneurs, we don't clock in on a 9 to 5 schedule. We roll with daily life happenings, which sometimes means heading back in for a couple more hours after family time in the evening, or devoting even more time on the weekend to catch up. This was me, and sometimes I didn't know how to turn it off. Productivity, time management, and money. That's what we're talking about today. Hey there, welcome to Brave, Bold, and Badass, the podcast. I'm your host, Grace Howes, biz soul nudger and mindset coach for highly driven, soul-conscious women age 40 and over, just starting or transitioning in their business. I support them as they work to get out of their own damn way to find out exactly what's causing the stuck so they can move through it to build their business, their wealth, and their lives in a more authentic, true-to-who-they-are way. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into what it takes, the mindset, the energy, the capacity, and yes, the confidence to grow a successful and thriving business your way. My wish is that you will be inspired and motivated, but also that you're armed, informed, and enlightened by the words shared here to help you come back to yourself. This is Brave, Bold, and Badass, the podcast. Let's do this, shall we? In the first few months of this year, I started reassessing where I was in business, what I wanted my next steps to look like. And believe it or not, I tapped into an old fear of mine, fear of success. I say old because it's been hanging around the fringes of my mind since my early 20s. Now, do I still feel the fear of success as sharply today? Mm, No, not really. But doing this reflection for this particular episode, I realized some interesting thoughts coming up about my own sense of how productive I am and can be. And I came to realization that money also factors into that fear. In order to make money, more of it, I have to do more. I have to be more productive. So it stands to reason then that if I slack for any length of time on what needs to be done for all the roles I do as a solo entrepreneur, my goals will not be met and I eventually fail. Or at least that's what my brain used to tell me a lot of the time. When I was doing the research for this series on productivity, a few things came up that surprised me. One of those things being, 
how we typically don't connect to or allow for a deeper understanding of the way we work, the way we are productive. Of course, with a myriad of other factors thrown in that affect how we work. For the last four episodes, I've talked about productivity and a few of those different factors that affect it. First, your energetic capacity. Secondly, unknown or unrecognized energy leaks. Third, what it actually means to be productive, including the four elements of productivity. And lastly, our emotional connection to it. How, when, and if we allow space for our vulnerability to show up. Because if we're unable to detach our worthiness from our productivity, which is usually an experience ascribed to more women than men, considering the patriarchal standards that still exist, and unable to detach our productivity from the money we want to make, it means we're also unable to allow our vulnerability to guide us in balancing how we approach the work we do and how or if we institute regular rest from it. Your willingness to be vulnerable To be able to assess your true energetic capacity is one way to help improve your productive flow rather than constantly pushing yourself till your body and your mental energy gives out. This is especially true for us as entrepreneurs because we are our business. If we don't do the work, all the tasks that need doing, our business is affected our growth is stilted, and not surprisingly, failure is likely to be the outcome of any scenario that plays out. So that means time management needs to be an integral part of your productivity strategy. Now, in terms of time management, two things are fundamental. How you structure your day, or more particularly, the hours you work, and truly being aware of and using your energy efficiently and effectively. Making the effort to become more aware of how you operate and then finding ways to implement good structure that follows through goes far in helping you achieve your entrepreneurial goals. And in achieving those goals, you make the monies. So let's talk time management. First, I won't go into the classic elements of time management. There are multitude of books available that outline specific steps you can take to help you manage your time. What I want to address in this episode is that awareness part that, if not paid enough attention to, can eat into your thoughts in a way that plays with your mindset. Hello, failure. So I want to offer a few things to consider nine of them to be exact, as you begin, change, or add to your overall productive strategy. Number one, honor your decisions. Doubt can knock down even the most confident person because the minute you start doubting the decisions you make for and in your business, it creates a ripple effect across all areas. Honoring your decisions is about holding true to your inherent values that help guide you to the important things that matter for you, 
your business and the strategy you want to implement. Number two, establish your non-negotiables. In this context, non-negotiables are the things, tasks, action steps that are not open for debate, opinion, or external modification. They are inviolable. At the same time, everything cannot be either a non-negotiable or a priority. Pick a lane. This is especially true if you already have or are considering adding others to your team. What are the things you do that you would automatically, hands down, put in your highest value column? What goes in this column needs to include the things that only you can do. And alternatively, what are the things, the tasks that you can hand off? Although you are capable and do a kick-ass job at it, what can you delegate to someone else, be it a virtual assistant or someone you hire, that frees you up to concentrate on your zog, your zone of genius work? Number three, get clear on your internal boundaries. Oh, this is a good one. One of the many questions you can ask yourself on this particular topic is, how long will one session of work doing your day be? Or the hours you choose to work per week? For the former, is it one to two hours at a stretch? Maybe never going over a maximum of four before you break or move on to a task that requires less mental or physical energy from you? For the latter, it's about that number that came to mind for you in the beginning of this episode. Get clear on exactly what that number should be for you. Constantly bypassing your internal boundaries, because you're the only one enforcing them, is setting a precedent for the future where there'll eventually be no line that establishes any clear boundaries. Mean what you say, even for you. Number four, set a weekly schedule and allow for flexibility because life, y'all, life. A habit I've instituted because I always felt behind the eight ball when Monday rolled around is doing a brain dump of all the things on a Sunday. Then from that list, I pick the tasks that need my attention and populate my week with them. There are so many tools and planners out there for you to choose from, but I found that the easiest and best is the one that you will use. For me, that's the WTM or the Weekly Taskminder. I love mine. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to have a gander at it to see if it's the right one for you. Number five, realign with your why. What made you want to start down this road of entrepreneurship? Take an hour or even a half a day away from any work tasks to settle back into the things that drive your mission and motivate your purpose. Do this one quarterly. Number six, schedule downtime. I am all for getting deep into the work, especially if it's crunch time or when it's something you're so passionate about and you get excited doing that work. But white space to rest, to regenerate, to exhale is a necessary component 
of your overall productivity strategy. It has to be, or burnout is the next stop on the train for you. Number seven, group tasks, stack habits. If you have not yet read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, get thee to a bookstore, preferably local or indie, and please start reading. Grouping like tasks is pretty straightforward. It means the brain doesn't have to readjust its thinking or actions, or for that matter, pull in more energy to complete that group of tasks. Habit stacking you might not be as familiar with. It's a way to take advantage of habits that have become routine and adding another on top of that so that the routine habit influences the new one. The more you do something, the stronger the brain synapses work to solidify that task into a routine. So habit stacking utilizes the routine of one habit to create a habit from your new task that you need to regularly get done. Number eight, be proactive in getting support when needed. I know that maybe you don't know yet that you are a badass superwoman red fly cape included. You are not, however, superhuman, a person who can power through anything all the time. Being proactive in getting support looks really simple or involves a little bit more. Phoning a friend to dish to release any pressure to take your mind off of stuff. Running a thought, idea, or copy by a colleague Someone you trust to be real with you, but not hurtful. Hiring a coach specializing in whatever is going on in your biz that you can't figure out on your own. No shame, girl. Or joining a community of women to network or build camaraderie. Or better yet, create one. That's what I did, but more about that next. And number nine, my most favorite of all, by the way. Take advantage of a local group, now that we can mingle together again, or find a virtual one with people you would enjoy being around. My co-working group is the bomb-ass diggity-bomb. You all know who you are, and you know how special you are to me both personally and for my business. They freaking rock. I mean, they do. The first day of the new Power Up co-working cohort is, drumroll please, June 16th. Lordy, it took some machinations to get to that date, mainly because a week of travel was thrown in the middle of this launch that I had to figure out. So, card opens for Power Up co-working in June, but it's best to get on that waitlist right now so that you're sure to get first dibs on the 15 spots opening for this first run. Also, Because of that travel time I spoke about earlier, I wasn't sure if it was a good thing to still offer this next thing, but I've decided to go ahead anyway. I've talked a lot about productivity and why it matters so much to get a handle on how you approach it in a more energetically balanced way in your business. I've started working on a productivity challenge. I'll be doing that addresses the practicalities of it as it pertains to a business. 
The challenge will take place over the course of five days and I'll be doing something a little bit different from regular challenges. But you'll have to stay tuned to find out. The sign-up page, though, is available right now for you to jump on the bandwagon and register. More details will follow. Alrighty, till next time, be brave, be bold, stay badass.